all people want is to feel important. That's the number one human need. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Jeff Donatello. Jeff, how are you doing today? Hey, can't complain. That's good. Well, excited to have you on and, uh, you know, just dive in a little bit. So you've got some some good stuff going on. So uh, Dr. Jeff Donatello ditched his uh, chiropractic career, comfy chiropractic career. And, uh, you know, now is uh, doing the regenerative medicine, functional medicine, stem cell therapy. We'll dive into some of that, what, what that, all that stuff means. And uh, built a pretty substantial business over here over the last couple of years, uh, you know, prior, prior to hitting the record button, talking about, you know, having no income uh, at the start of COVID uh, and, uh, and now uh, having an eight figure 30 employee company uh, called Center for Wellbeing. So want to dive in, Jeff, why don't you give our listeners a bit more about your background and then uh, kind of really what this uh, center for well-being, what what you guys are actually doing here? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Um, it's it's this is one of those things that we call it our post-COVID shift. So I had my life before COVID and after COVID. Um, was into chiropractic almost twenty years. That was my profession. That was kind of who I was. Um, and then I realized that I was well. It's a great way to help people. I was always more entrepreneurial, and I always wanted to take it to the next level. Um, what could I do to help more people and to also have a bigger, a larger business where I wasn't so dependent upon me, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I retired my license eight years ago. Uh, I'm also board certified in functional medicine and I'm a clinical nutritionist. So I always worked in that metabolic world. Um, and it was something that led me into being able to talk to doctors all around the country. And, and I'm always about what's next, right? And the regenerative world just showed up and I was able to jump into that around 2017, 2018, around the same time you started this podcast, uh, I was trying to vet out different doctors in that world. And um, we really, really helped a lot of people. Um, so the regenerative world going into COVID, um, stem cell therapy, right, which a lot of people don't really get, and we can get into that a little bit more, kind of combine the business with the healthcare, because that's kind of what's unique about my background. Um, because we were able to take um, a situation that was fairly dire for a lot of medical professionals when the government said, you can't, if you're part of Medicare, you know, you, you got to shut down and you, they threatened a lot of different things yeah. and during COVID. So um, we really struggled and we basically, people stayed home. We were working with a lot of older people with knee issues that just were scared as a lot of people were. And, um, but what happened was they stayed home and they ate and they ate and they ate and they got really heavy. Um, there's some crazy numbers that 30 to 40% of the country kind of became obese during that Jeez. time. Um, so my background in nutrition, we started up a metabolic reset weight loss program um, and it blew up, it took off. And we now have three offices where we're about an hour north of Boston. We have an office in Boston and we have two in New Hampshire. Um, so we really are able to help people that have inflammation. We help people where the drug world and the surgery world is not for them. And what else is there? 
where the insurance companies aren't clamping down and saying, no, you can't do this because it's not covered. We look at my job is to, is to vet out the best processes available to people in the United States now where you don't have to travel overseas and train my staff, train doctors around the country um, in order to help people get better. And that's kind of my focus. And it's it's taken off. So explain to me a little bit more because I'm, I'm just not well versed in regenerative medicine, stem cell therapy. Kind of explain to me uh, on layman's terms what it's all, what it's all about and why would somebody consider it? Yeah, I think if you have a chronic injury, okay, that after six months, eight months, nine months isn't healing. So for someone that's over 35, 40 years of age, a shoulder, a neck, a knee, back, hip, whatever it is, if it's not healing, you've gone through physical therapy, you've done chiropractic, right? You, you go to the chiropractor every two weeks and it's just not getting better. Um, acupuncture, it's not working. Those, those healing arts aren't working for you and you still have that pain. It's because there's inflammation in that joint and there's damage still. So what we can do is we can inject different types of biologics that come from different places, whether they're some doctors still use biologics that they convert from your own fat tissue or your own bone marrow. That's called an autologous technique. I find that the, the shift is going to what's called an allogeneic technique. And what that is, is in short, it's from donors. So we find that the best quality product right now is using purified amniotic fluid. So it's from a healthy baby, healthy mom. We have a scientist that I've vetted out. We've had over 3,000 patients go through this here in our offices in New Hampshire. And uh, it's injected. And in short, we can get deeper into it if you want, but it's injected. And the healing starts fairly quickly. Um, the average person in our office with a degenerative knee or shoulder, hip, back is going to get about 80 to 90% better in six to 12 weeks. Hmm. And it's usually one and done. Some people come back, but it's it's something that if it was covered by insurance, Todd, everybody would be doing this, right? It's not. Um, it's anywhere from four to eight thousand dollars to go through the treatment typically. And um, unfortunately, if it's if it's not in your budget, we're stuck right now. But if it is in your budget, my job is to even is to talk to docs around the country and maybe guide people where to go because I have other doctors around the country that do exactly what we do. And, mm -hmm. and that's my goal to help other people. It That sounds like a fairly cheap uh, procedure to fix a chronic problem. So for instance, I've had a uh, pinched nerve between my L4, L5, and it's freaking painful right now. Actually I'm on fire and it's only been nine years. So not that long, nine years. Uh, but is that something that like this type of thing would would help uh, heal? Is Potentially. It depends what else has happened around that pinched nerve, right? Typically, it's not just a pinched nerve. There's other joint dysfunction going on. Mm. So what we typically would do is we look at it under ultrasound guidance um, and see what's going on. If it's within the, 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 if it's a disc problem or if it's within the spinal column in that central nervous system, we don't do that. And you'll find that yeah. most won't in the U.S. Um, that's a scrubbed-in surgical technique, anesthesiologist. But if a lot of times that the genesis of that pain is outside of that column or, or that disc area, um, those are the people we can help. Absolutely. So it kind of depends on exactly what's going on. Of course, you're going to look through that, um, determine what's what's best. And the weight loss thing. Tell me about the the weight loss thing. What what is that that all about? Yeah, we call it a metabolic reset weight loss program. And what it is, is we are usually utilizing different techniques 
using health coaches. We have 10 health coaches to help guide people to get back to their weight, keeping their insulin levels and their hormone levels stable using real food. And that's the biggest problem nowadays is that there's lots of prepackaged meals. People use drugs. Um, Ozempic is one of those new drugs that comes out that can, that you can lose weight, but you're not doing anything to, to get to the habits of why the person is there in the first place. So the average person loses 20 to 40 pounds in three months. Um, we have about a 98% success rate because we spend the time to actually sit down with people. And, and again, it goes back to economics, right? The marketing that goes into this, the training that goes into us, we, this. We, there's a lot of business guys and gals listening to this. We use entrepreneurial operating systems, and we can talk more about that if you want. But EOS has been everything for us to really structure our business in a way that we've been able to grow um, like exponentially, right, in two and a half years um, to the level that we're at now. Um, because we're really able to, to have really good people that work for us and, and keep that high quality, that standard of care where we need it to be in order to get people to be happy and refer others into our office. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. I mean, you went from, uh, you know, six figure to eight figure valuation in, in two years. Um, and you have some acronyms that, you say, Hey, th these have changed my business. And one of those is the EOS, like you said, um, our RPRS and GWC. So let's, let's talk about that. Um, you know, why for, let's say, let's hit on EOS first. Like why is EOS? What's it, what is it, I guess first, and why is it valuable? Why has it helped you? Yeah. So entrepreneurial operating systems, the company that I don't quote me on this, but I think they're in, involved in over 17,000 businesses. And mm -hmm. so what it does right. is, get, yeah, it's a lot, right? And they've been around. And what their goal, I think, is to get everybody, I love it when they told me this early on, it's getting everybody to row the boat in the same direction and not have this diversity, people going all over the place in your company. So some of the acronyms, right person, right seat. Um when you start EOS, you dig deep into your into your business and you, you, you talk about every single person there. And is that the right person for that seat? And do they GWC? Do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity to do that job? And I think that a lot of times business owners are reactive, right? They wait until it gets to a point where there's no turning back. And this is kind of, you're on it. You're meeting every week with these level 10 meetings and the level 10 meetings are set up to really break down the business and look at it and dissect it every single week and not have issues that go on and on and on, but to really nip it in the bud. Um, there's no way you can't grow as a business if you follow the EOS guidelines. It's, it's in my mind, it's physically impossible. And I have lots of friends. Um, I'm in a mastermind group called GoBundance, which I think you, I'm not sure if you're involved in that or not, but a lot of guys are. Um, every single person I've talked to this that spent time with the OS and actually listened to their instructor, um, they do very, very well, very quickly. Did you did you uh, implement the full EOS system and like hire the uh, EOS implementer and all that, or did you kind of just uh, hack it on your own? No, we went all in, and oh. there's a called traction that. Yep. I would say, um, you know, get that book first, look at it, read it over. Um, there's also a book called Rocket Fuel, which um, really helped me to find my visionary role, right? Um, 
that's super important to understand what you're what you're getting into. So I think that our our um, implementor was vital. Um, he comes up, flies in from Texas. His name is Daniel Himmel. Um, he's actually a, a GoBundance person from the beginning. I think he's out of the out of GoBundance now. Um, but Daniel has been everything for us because it's an outside person looking at your business. Um, it's almost a counselor, right? In short, um, somebody that's that has an unbiased view of what's going on. And you can sit down at these meetings and go, see, I, I told you he agrees with me, right? And you can really look at what's happening um, and get an objective standpoint from an objective standpoint of someone who's been there, done that. Yeah, I think um, whether you do EOS or or not, just hiring somebody that can look at your business from the outside, you got to you got to have that, whether it's, you know, I, I think the more often the, the health, the more helpful. Uh, it is just so easy to get bogged down in that day to day and just, you know, bogged down and thinking that everything is, is good or wondering like, Hey, what is bad and not being able to really identify it. And if you have somebody from the outside that can see it, they're, they're able to see it. They're able to they're identify it and talk to you about how to fix it. And that, that's just so valuable. So having somebody from my the EOS to come in and look and just say, Hey, this is what, this is what I see. I, I think that's just, man, how powerful is that? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a coach, right? Everyone needs a coach yeah. and uh, it helps. It really helps if you spend the time, but um, you know, it, you, you really have to take the time and, and be open to change. And yeah, well, that's, uh, that's the other key, right? You, you have to be willing to put in the work. You do, you do. And, and you know what happens when you have a, a million dollar gross revenue to 2 million Getting to five is one thing, but going to eight figures, it's I think it's physically impossible because you start to need a fractional CFO, you maybe a, a COO, you need HR, you need all of these things. And I, I listen, my background is not there. I, I took like no business courses. I learned everything I learned from books and podcasts and talking to find people like you. Um, but I think that you um yeah. Again, getting back to, you really have to spend the time and um, it's like a family, right? And uh, everyone's going off on their own little tangent and you got to reel them back in or let them go. And my, I should say that my wife, Kelly and I were co-directors, um, but she's more our COO. So it's a lot of work. And we're at the point now where we, we need to bring a COO in. This is a common thing of them. When do you bring that operating officer in um, and give up some of that power? It's, it's a very difficult thing. So when do you do that? You're looking at doing that right now. What, what's the, uh, why aren't you doing it? Why haven't you done it today? I think we're not, we're still early on. We're still six months into EOS and we have a quarterly meeting coming up. Um, every business has its own dynamic. And we, I think right now my wife, Kelly is acting in that role, but we're starting to take some, some uh, pressure off her. And until we distill it down to a point where, where she's not doing as much, we don't know what we need right now. Follow me. I think we need a fractional COO. Um, but these are, and we may have one. Um, we're looking at a couple of people, but it's a very difficult situation to bring the right person in. Um, as you know, every business has its, its unique ethos or feel. So yeah. it's hard to say. Yeah, for sure. What is it like working? You said your wife is your co-director um, in, in your in the company. What's it like, uh, you know, doing business with your your wife on a daily basis? 
how do you th- I, how do you survive and how do you continue to grow with that? You know what's funny? Um, maybe you'd have to ask her that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Your your answer is probably gonna be slightly different than her answer. Yeah. And again, when you when you start off in EOS, I learned that being the visionary, they said, Well, what's your job? Your job is to sprinkle fairy dust on the company and come up with new ideas. And and I love doing that. Um, but I think the biggest thing with Kelly and I is we have to know when to cut our business talk, cut it off. Mm, um, so yeah. for example, we were on vacation in Hawaii. Hawaii's five hours behind. We got up. The second week was a work week. And after noon, we were now, we went to the beach and hung out. But from like 6 a.m. to noon, we were in work mode. And um, I think our success thus far has been that we have the ability to not carry the stressors of the business into the personal life. It's crazy. We can cut it right off. And of course there's, it carries over, right? Um, is there but, anything you do to make sure you cut it off or is it just intentional or what do you like? Is there any practice you guys have? Yeah. Well, our morning routine, right? Everyone talks about morning routine, right? Um, Miracle morning, Hal Elrod started it. Um, I think that our morning routine is, is very unique and we have to respect each other's time. In the morning, um, I get up like an hour and a half before her. So she would get up. I would be all I already did everything I need to do. And then she would wake up and I would like say, hey, let's go. And she's like, no, give me my time. So I think yeah. it's it's respecting that morning routine and knowing when, um, you know, that they're, everyone's different um, and understanding that your spouse, they need their time in a different way. She likes to be more alone. I like to be around a lot of people that for me, a stress reducer is to be around people and have fun. And she's kind of more likes to be, you know, yoga retreat type thing. So we just have to understand each other. And uh, we've been together now about seven, eight years and so far so good, but we got to keep working at it. So were you guys also partners when you're doing the chiropractic business? Um, early on, when I met her early on, I said, so what do you do? She's, I'm a health coach. I go, what's that? Um, so she had a parallel health coaching business. I had a chiropractic office. We got into Regen together and we promoted Regen. When I say Regen, stem cell based therapies, different biologics. We promoted that doing workshops. We called it the Jeff and Kelly show. We've done over almost 250 talks together all around New England. Um, so we were, we did the road show for a long time and um, we, uh, we did pretty well with it. But again, you got, you got to kind of get along with that person if you're going to go on the road to promote your product. You seem like a pretty healthy guy. Obviously, what you do is is a lot of a lot of health related uh, or all health related. Uh, but you're also running a extremely successful business. It's there's a lot of pressure behind that. You've got thirty over thirty employees. You know, you're talking about hiring a CEO, all, all that. I mean, you're you're busy. It's not there's no way you don't have a lot of stress in your life. Uh, talk about the importance of just you know your physical health and maybe what your, you know, routines, habits are to continue to, to be able to be successful in the business and beyond the business. I'm glad you brought that up because I personally feel that if I didn't, if I don't work out, that that's my stress reducer, I would explode. It's my way of getting it Mm -hmm. out there to the universe, getting my mind relaxed. Um, so personally, my routine, um, I work out with high intensity interval training workouts, weight resistance training every other day for the most part. Um, I'm 54 now. I don't like to do 
um, resistance training two days in a row. Um, I don't like to do high intensity aerobic training two days in a row. I'll, um, I've done over 115 triathlons. Um, wow. I, I used to own triathlons. It was my world with my former wife. Um, and I've been away from that world for eight years. I'm going to start, I'm going to do one more try this summer. Um, as uh, my misogy, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that misogy technique uh, term, right? That's the, the the Japanese came up with it. It's that one thing you do that you'll have a 50% failure rate each year. So I'm getting back into the triathlon world, um, and I like to I like to get out and do aerobic exercise at least four to five times a week. Um, a lot of times I'll split the schedule. Um, I like to do the morning routine where I'm in the gym for like 30 to 40 minutes, not too long. Um, I like to get in and get like 20 sets in fast and get the heck out of there. And then in the afternoon, I'll do a mountain bike ride or stand up paddleboard paddle, something like that. What's your thought on it? I've heard there's always this controversy, you know, aerobic, anaerobic, you know, weightlifting's better for especially as you age, like older guys it distance running or, you know, that type of stuff will lower your testosterone and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Uh, what's your thought on fitness? And is there a, is there a better type of workout than, than, you know, a different one, especially, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, fairly young. At least I like to think I'm fairly young. I'm 40, 41. Wow. 41. Uh, but still what, what's, what's your thought on that? Yeah. You know, testosterone is big for men, right. Um, and women too, right. But men are yeah. always like keep that testosterone up, keep their muscle strength, um, body composition, low fat wise. I think that physical chemical and emotional stressors are what lower testosterone. So from a physical stressor, um, you know, if you do cardio, yeah, it's going to lower it. If you're an ultra marathon runner, if you're doing 30, 50 mile races, hundred mile races, it's going to stress your body out and you're going to lower your T levels over time. It's been proven. Um, I think it's understanding your body, listen to it. Uh, if you want to increase your testosterone, you put more muscle mass on, you lift weights. That's been proven to do that, but listen to your body again. Now that I'm close to my mid fifties, um, I get aches and pains that if I have an ache and pain, I'm not going to push through it. I'm going to do something else. So I think the answer to that question is there's no answer. You have to do what's right for you, but be as varied as possible in your movement or exercise regime, right? Go for a hike, go for a three mile run, right? If you're going to train for the Boston marathon, which I've done, spend that time training, make sure you take care of yourself during it whether it's chiropractic, massage, acupuncture, laser, whatever. And then when you're done, give your body six months to rest, do something else. But I think it's what I see, and this is very interesting. I, I, I see guys that are still in that triathlon world that are swim, bike, run, and that's all they do. And they start to develop chronicity and they're now hobbling around because they can't even do 20 pushups, right? But they mm -hmm. can go run 15 miles. So it's all about, homeostasis balance and feeding and, and listening to your body. Yeah. Yeah. The variety. I think uh, that's, that's something I've started to appreciate a little bit as I've gotten older. I'm a distance runner. That's what I did through, you know, high school, college after was just distance running then did some triathlons. Um, but so that the 
you know, just that distance is the cardio has been something that just kind of my favorite, right? It just, you just get into this, like, for me, it's almost meditation. It right? is. You, you go for a five, 10 mile run. And I know some people listening are like, Ooh, that sounds really painful and crazy. But for me, it was just like, you just go for this run and you're just, your brain can wander and go everywhere. You're almost meditating. Um, but as I've gotten older, yeah, the, the just the variety has, I've, I've appreciated a lot, a lot more. And I agree with you, um, man, it makes you just feel so much better. Yeah. You know, um, let me jump in for a second. You know, I used to say it's almost like meditating too. It's not, it is a form of meditation yeah. when you're in that zone and you're just, your brain is just going, that's a meditative state and you start to get into a theta zone. Um, you know, when you're driving down the highway, you, everyone's done this, right? And you don't last a mile. You're like, I don't even know. My brain was somewhere else. When you're running, yeah. right? You know, everyone's done it. It's, it's the human brain works that way. When you're running or mountain biking and your brain is really good at going off, right? The subconscious relaxes. Where your your conscious mind is still there so you don't get hit by a truck, right? But it that's why we do it. And that's I always ask myself, why the heck am I out here? Riding my mountain bike in New Hampshire, in the woods with my studded fat tire bike, right? Freezing my butt off. It's because when I get done, I feel better. And um, that's all we want is to, is to feel better, is to feel good. Yep. Yep. Um, let's, let's roll back into kind of some business stuff. Um, what's a mistake in the business? What's a mistake that you've made? Um, and how, how can you pass down some lessons to our listeners? You know, one of the, the things I heard the other day, what popped in my mind, and this may not be the biggest one, but we now have our potential people, when they go through the, the, the hiring process, we don't hire them until they actually shadow. We have them shadow for half a day in their job with multiple people. And in doing so, we get two things. The person can actually see what they're doing in our environment. And we get two or three people um, that didn't interview them that can interact with, that will interact with them in the daily world that they're going to enter into um, to give us more feedback. Uh, right now, we, we just started doing that about two months ago and it's already paid dividends because we've, um, we actually had a nurse practitioner that they were ready to hire and she followed me around for a little bit. And I realized that no, 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 no. She, she, after work, after being with me for like an hour, she, she said, I don't want to work for you guys. Right. She understood that I was, it was not a traditional medical practice. It was a, um, you know, like the whole mask thing. She's not coming to our office with an N95 on interact with people. If she's not sick, things like that. There are people that still do that. Um, so it's, um, I think that's a big one. I hope that helps as far as if you're, if you're in business, don't just hire, have them shadow. Yeah. I think that's, I, I've never thought about doing that. I think that's a fantastic idea. Why wouldn't you have them? I mean, that's part of the job interview. You have to spend time with us in our company. Make sure, first of all, make sure that's something that fits you. Like you said, just like they might get into the job. Some people get in their job and like the first day they're in, they're like, man, this, this place is just not, I just don't feel comfortable here. I don't like it here. Like, so just make sure they're a fit and you're a fit. Let me tell you a quick story because that's what podcasts are all about. I listen, I listen to literally thousands of podcasts and I love little stories the best. Um, years ago, I hired a lady to do some of my billing, my billing 
and my former wife, we lived on the second floor of the of the office. And she, when I was a chiropractor, and I never, I'll never forget this. I went up to lunch. It was like eleven thirty, quarter of twelve. And she said, "How's the new lady doing?" Well, she came in with. She was kind of different. She came in with a, a plant, a potted plant. And she put it on her desk, and she was very quiet all morning. And she, my my former wife asked me how how did you think she likes the job? And I could see over her shoulder in the parking lot, the lady like almost running with her plant and her bag in her car, looking over her shoulder, getting in her car and driving away. <laughs> saw her again. And I said, well, I think she just took her plant and left. Um, so again, if, if she had shattered, maybe she wouldn't have had to go through that trauma of sneaking away. I don't think she really likes her new job. Oh, <laughs> Not uh, that's, funny. that's yeah, funny. Am I that bad a boss? I, I don't know. Whatever. We just didn't jive. Yeah, I mean that's but that happens, right? You just don't jive, and it's not the fit. And but you could probably learn that with that that new higher shadow. So I think that's a fantastic idea. I love that. Um, all right. So last couple questions before we wrap up. Uh, yeah. You've mentioned a couple books, but maybe one more book, favorite book that you can pass on to our listeners. You know, I was on vacation in Mexico um, and I grabbed How to Win Friends and Influence People. And a lot of you are going, ah, I've read that. Most of you have read that. I hope you've read it um, years prior. There's an updated version of it that just came out about two years ago. And I was on vacation and I took notes from that book. It's if you haven't read that book again, go back and read it with a mindset of taking notes. I still on my phone have the notes from that book. And really what it came down to is, for me, is um, there's a part of the book that says all people want is to feel important. That's the number one human need. And I, I took that away to be listened to and to feel important. So I try to keep that in my mind. Um, whenever I get into a little tussle with anybody at work, I try to put myself in their position. Where are they coming from? And when that happens, man, it's um, everything just comes right down. So that's my one book. I would definitely recommend at this point. I love that book. And I agree. Just re-listen to it or reread it um, and take some notes. There's, there's, I've stopped uh, buying a ton of new books. I used to, I was on this like binge of like continue to buy a lot of books and read and listen to all these books. And I've stopped doing that and started listening to a lot of them over again. And man, you get a lot of value out of, listening or reading a book a second or third time even uh, what's your favorite how about you which is one that you've reread um man i i let's see what's what's one that i recently reread um i think and grow rich is probably one that i read um boy every couple of years so yeah. that's a that's a great one um Building a Story Brand is a book that I really enjoyed. Uh, I listened to it, and then I picked up the the uh, book and, and read it. Uh, man, there's so many of them that I've been just playing over again, whether it's uh, Audible or whether it's a book. You know, just, I, man, that, that was – and sometimes, you know, it's funny because sometimes I have this book, and I'm like, eh, you know, that wasn't that great. I'm like, throw that on my bookshelf, probably just, yeah, maybe I'll sell it. <laughs> You know, I never sell books. I just don't. And then I'll pick it up again and you'll start reading it and be like, man, this book is amazing. This is just clicking. So sometimes you're not ready for a book. I think you're just not there in your life or your position or whatever it is. You're just not 
ready for it. And you read it again, you're like, whoa, this is just clicking. Like, this is exactly what I needed right now. So, yeah. Also, some books on Audible are way better than others, right? In the way yes. they're they're enunciated, the the, the whatever, it, it's just more exciting. The, the way they stories. Put I think a lot of the story books are just really good on Audible. Yeah. Um, Never split the difference is a book I'm listening to for the second time on Audible, and it's just like, man, this is such a cool. Like the guy just has these stories, and he talks to you, and you like feel like you're at the event. I feel like I'm there at the bank robbery. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the difference. Well, you know, I do these podcasts because I learn, I learn hopefully a lot too. And, and yeah. I, I was, you know, talking to someone like yourself, I take a lot away from these too. So it's great. Love it. Love it. Uh, Jeff, I got one last question before we wrap. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? My three pillars of wealth creation. Yep. Define that, give me that question a little bit in a different way. Like Man, I, you know what? Here's here's the thing. Everybody defines this a little bit differently. Wealth means something different to everybody. Wealth for some people really is that tangible stuff. Yeah. Right? Other things, wealth is more of the philosophical stuff. How do I get that wealth? How do I get inner peace? How do I get to a position yeah. where I just feel like everything is there? Um, so really yeah. whatever is important to you, that's how you answer it. And even some people just kind of intermix them and say, look, I got to have this and you got to do this. Yeah. You know what I think? I think that if, um, when Friday comes around, if you're bummed out that it's the weekend because you're not mm. working, you got a problem. <laughs> that's what I think. I, uh, I want to go through a weekend looking forward to Monday when I can play with all the people in my world that are in my business right so so don't have a case of the fridays right yeah i think if you do you you in my mind you've messed up you need to yeah. change some things and it's sad so um i think that if you know and this isn't saying that you know i i love every single day of my life but I yeah, think some days are hard they are i mean you gotta i always say you gotta you gotta play in the in the red if you want to enjoy the black right so i think if you can surround yourself with people that that don't cause you stress every time you walk in the room with them and these are your co-workers i think that's that's super important um and i think that you know as far as wealth creation having the freedom to do whatever you want to do i mean that's what money is for right to not hold you back i know a lot of people that have all the money in the world and you know they just they're, they're scared to to leave their little box that they put themselves in. They don't travel. They don't do what they want to do. And, um, you know, to, I think to be abundant in that mindset of, of do what you want when you want. And um, if you can do that, then in my mind, that's the very definition of, of wealth. Love it. Love it. Any last words uh, for our guests that you just, man, you've been wanting to say? Uh, you know, I think it's funny whenever you, I, I'm on a business podcast, my biggest balance is business and and helping people, right? Because that's yeah. what we do in the world of medicine. Well, that's what business is, though. It is helping people, yeah. right? But if you don't if you don't run a business properly, you can't help people. Yeah. Um, so one of the things is if you're still listening to this um, this podcast, if you do have aches and pains, and you are in a point where you, you think that you're going to have this ache and pain forever, the regenerative world. Can make a big difference and different types of stem cell therapies can help 
Um, our website, I'm sure you put it up there, centerforwell.com is a great place to go and look for different ways to get some help. And um, if you do, if you are interested, I have people around the country that I know that might be right in your backyard that are very, very good practitioners that use very, very good products and they get excellent results. So my goal is to help people that way. That's kind of why I do these podcasts. Well, it's centerforwell.com. Any other ways listeners should reach out to you? Is that the best way? I think that's probably the best way. There's videos on there and there's lots of different things you can look and, and check out. Awesome. Jeff, man, really appreciate it. I love uh, diving into the business. The success you've had has been awesome in the the trajectory you're going and continue to go. And then I love diving into the health because, you know, with wealth, uh, if you ha don't have any health, what, what the heck's the point, right? So dude, you got to have both. And so I love diving into the health stuff too. So thanks. Uh, thanks a bunch for having, uh, for being on the show, for being a guest and for uh, just providing great information, man. Well, thanks for the time. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.